0: personal finance presentation, financial goals, prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. Like with anything we're trying to achieve, setting goals is going to be a major strategy that we will implement and a skill worth learning both with regards to personal finances and one which we can apply to many other things, just about anything when we're trying to improve in on it. One of the examples often given for setting goals is some kind of physical fitness strategy or goal in other words if someone was just simply to say i want to be more physically fit they're probably going to have less progress than if they were to map out the goal in a more thorough way even if they don't exactly follow the map precisely at the start they get some idea of where they're going and the direction they're on that more information typically being useful so that they can continue to improve from that point forward the same is going to be true with financial goals. If we set the goals, if we have a target that we're going to be shooting for, even if we don't hit the target, at least we have some kind of idea to measure to what we thought was going to happen. So even if we are wildly off, we at least have a better perspective of where we are so that that better perspective can help us to make better goals and then continue the process. So like with anything, the general idea being we're going to project out, we're going to try to think what's going to happen in the future, what we can achieve in the future. We're then going to go through the process and do it. And then we're going to see whether or not we met our expectations and then try to refine down our expectations and then repeat the process. So it's useful to set our financial goals up into some kind of categorizations. When you hear just simply setting goals, then it seems kind of vague and mundane and you'll end up uh, coming up with goals that are completely broad, like I don't want to have I want to have like no debt or something like that, or I want to be financially independent. These are good goals, but they're not really specific. And what you want to do is tr- is get them to be more specific. And we'll talk more about the smart goals so that uh, so you can measure them. One way to kind of categorize the goals first is by timeframe. So you might first say that I want to have short-term goals. Those are going to be things that I want to achieve in the next year or so. You may then have the intermediate goals, which are going to be like two to five years out, and then long-term goals, which are over five years out. Clearly, these are arbitrary categories. We just basically picked a line in the sand and drew drew a line and said, I'm going to have these short-term, mid-range, and long-term goals. But that can be useful to help you to categorize where you where you have specific items so for example in the short-term category if we're talking short-term goal things that are going to be less than a year we might have something like a vacation that we're planning in the short term we might have something like pay off small debts that we would like to achieve within the next year we might have budgetary objectives that we're planning for To try to see what our behavior is from a financial spending perspective within the next year our yearly budgets or our monthly type of budget planning when we think about the intermediate goals this will be dependent in our particular circumstances but when we're thinking about goals that are going to be like five year out type of goals then we might have say a home purchase depending on our current conditions as a goal that would be within that range. We might have other debts that we're trying to pay off within that range, possibly like student loan debts or to pay off a car loan, or something like that, that we would like to pay off within that range. We might then have a new car that we would like to purchase at some time. Note that when you're thinking about a car, it's almost always in that intermediate range because the car lasts, you know, five to 10 years or how many cars are you going to need at one time within the household. So you might have a car somewhere within there that you're gonna be needing at some point in time, uh, just in the nature of the way cars are gonna work. And then we've got the career goals, which might be something that you're planning on an intermediate side in terms of what you think your revenue uh, objectives will be with regards to your career goals as well. And then we've got the long-term goals and those, those could include things, pretty much everybody will have basically a retirement plan type of goal. That's going to be one of the most long-term kind of things. These are things that we arbitrarily put here over the five-year time period. For retirement, when you're thinking about financial objectives, that's one of the longer-term plans that you can have within your life. Then, of course, you can plan with a past your life, which would be things like estate planning. Note that as we go to the long-term goals, the longer the goals that we're looking at, then the more we have to kind of take a systematic look at what we are doing. In other words, when we take the day-to-day type of goals and our budgetary habits, then we gotta think about our habits, which those are those are difficult to break, but we wanna think about them on a, on a day-to-day type of basis. And usually our day-to-day activities are pretty good. Once we have the baseline set up, the habits are usually good, that if we have good habits, then those are going to be usually good and our short term decisions are usually good our immediate to long term decisions are often not good by nature if we don't hone down some specific skills meaning saving for retirement means that we're delaying gratification for like 30 years you know saving money for a long period of time to benefit the future our brains are not wired to do that so that's when we have to do more of the more of the long term planning and if you compare this to like a business type of perspective just realize you, you're doing a similar kind of process. If you look at the business side of things, you've got different people doing different things. The top management is usually doing the long-term type of goal planning. Do I wanna grow? Do we wanna have another department that's gonna be included and so on. And when you have the small, the management of the, of the smaller management, the mid-management and the lower management, they're usually more on the day-to-day type of things, running the day-to-day types of things where they might be able to run after a while more on habit more on kind of like instincts. You got the same kind of thing here, but you're, you're doing everything with regards to you, this one entity, which has both short-term needs and long-term needs. You might have then the, the children's college, which could be something that could be long-term, that might be falling within the five-year range, depends on where where your children are at that point in time. Vacation home, you might be saying, I, I wanna save up for a vacation home, which again, that could be a long-term thing that you could, you might be thinking out outside to have the vacation home those are just some examples that you can group together clearly your personal examples will differ based on your unique circumstances but categorizing by time frame and just arbitrarily picking those time frames one year out typically that you're you're focused on the behavioral changes that you might want to make from a year from a day-to-day basis which can you know adjust your budgetary spending and whatnot the midpoint meaning what do i need to purchase that's kind of outside the range usually things that don't happen on a day-to-day basis like a car or something like that and then the long term which of course typically would be including the retirement and things like college college savings and things like that now you can also break the thing your your budgetary items up instead of simply by by range you can have the financial needs what your financial needs are this is probably a little bit less common. And, and when you think about the financial needs, they kind of line up in essence to to your, your budgetary needs in terms of your timeframes that we talked about as well. But you can think about consumable, that those are your product goals, durable product goals, and intangible purchase goals. This is another way that you might categorize your spending so that you can better you know, measure what you're doing and make goals. So the consumables could represent things like uh, they usually occur on a periodic basis and involve items that are used up relatively quickly. So these probably will line up then when you're looking at your time frame goals to things that are going to be within the the year time frame because they're things that you're going to be purchasing fairly often. Things like food, things like clothing, things like uh, entertainment. So then we have the uh, durable product goals. So those are usually involve frequently purchased uh, expensive items, infrequently purchased expensive type of items. So these probably are going to line up closely to your mid-range goals. Those are going to be things like a car, things like the sporting equipment. That you, these aren't things that you're buying, of course, all the time. These are things that you're probably going to be saving up for. And so you might want to think about it. And these terms as well, right? You might want to say, well, what are those intermediate things? They're going to be lasting longer. The durable product type of goals it could be a boat or something like that. And then we have the intangible purchase goals. Those could be things that uh, that could include like personal relationship type goals. Intangible, in essence, means that uh, that they're not things that you actually physically own. They're not actual things. They're intangible types of things. So. When you think about relationships, you could think about restaurants and trips and that kind of thing, the day-to-day kind of intangible type of purchases, which might then uh, be in your normal kind of budgeting, which you might put in, in a time frame goal within like a one year type of thing. The health, so if you have things like a fitness gym and stuff like that, it's intangible in that it's not a physical thing, but obviously it's in your could be in your budget as well, it might be falling into the the short-term time range things like education books and whatnot might fall into something that's intangible if you're talking about at least audiobooks and things like that uh, community service and uh, leisure. So then when you think about the goals, then, of course, you want to set up the goals in such a way that they're going to be in accordance with something that you can measure. Oftentimes, this is this is shown with SMART goals. So SMART is the acronym that we would be using. That means they want to be specific. So when you set up a a goal, for example, if you're doing budgetary goals, if you set up the goal to say, I just want to spend less. Well, that's not very specific. You don't I mean, you know, that's a good goal and that it would be nice if you could spend less but it's not you don't know how to do it. So if you go line by line through your budget, meaning taking your accounting records based on the past data, that's why that would be important. And then you can look at the line items and say, well, maybe I can spend less on, say, sit-down restaurants. Maybe I spend a lot of money going out to eat a lot. Maybe that particular line item I spend less on. And then you can actually pinpoint uh, that particular thing, whatever that particular thing is that, that you want to meet. You want it to be measurable, so and so once again, if it's if it's something that you can't, that isn't something that you can measure, then you can't really judge whether or not you did well on it. If you're using vague language with yourself or if someone else is using vague language, it's often difficult to to actually point pin down what we want. If the goal is to say, I want to spend my money better or something like that. Well, that's I want to spend my money in a fair way. And then po- politicians, they always use the word fair. I want to make a policy that's fair and, and fair mean well, what does that mean, right? That's not very that's not very measurable. <laughs> that's not very specific. So what you'd like to do, and, and in this case, if you're specific, you'd say I'm gonna spend less, then then you can basically measure how much you spent last time on the restaurants possibly, and then be able to measure in the future, because you're tracking with some kind of accounting records uh what you're measuring in the current month, and then you can compare and contrast what you what you specifically line item said you wanted to do versus what you actually did during that time frame it needs to be something that's achievable this is often one of the most difficult kind of components because when you're thinking about goals it's always you don't want to set the bar too high and you don't want to set the bar too low it's the same thing if you're doing managing of of other people as with managing of yourself if you set the bar too high if you're saying i'm just gonna i want to spend zero dollars next month and save all my money i'm just gonna not spend any money well that's not you know <laughs> that's not going to happen that's not going to be achievable and it, if it's not achievable then you, you're never going to feel like you like you're you did a good job and therefore you you might just give up at some point right but if the bar is too low then you have the problem of of well that was easy to clear so such an easy thing to clear that it wasn't even a challenge and that that's disincentivizing as well so what you want is the bar to be just above what you think you can possibly do. Just a little above there so that that you can over and surpass your expectations. That's kind of what you're looking for. That's difficult, of course, to do is to set that bar to a place where it's not discouraging you on the one level. And at the same time, it's not something that you're clearing so easily that you're not even getting it. You should get some satisfaction from clearing the goal. You should be able to say, ah, that was good. I did a great thing, right? It shouldn't be something where you just you're the 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 guy that jumps over the bar just walked over the bar and and you know not it's not very not very exciting that way it should be relevant so it's got to fit into your overall plan which seems kind of obvious but it it makes sense right that if your if your goal is to to lower your spending for example in our budgetary example and then you had one specific goal that you're going to spend as much as possible as you can in a particular restaurant for a particular, then obviously that doesn't make why would that be the case that doesn't that goal doesn't fit, you know, you're, you're t- within your overall strategy to lower your spending, to spend more money on a particular thing, right? I mean, the goal has to fit in there. And you would think that would be kind of obvious. But sometimes you, you can, you, they can, there can be a mismatch. And, um, and so you want to keep that in mind, it has to be time based. So if you're saying I want to spend less money on in our budgetary goal, I want to spend less money on this thing, than on restaurants, specific restaurants then uh, you want to make that for the next month or the next week or something like that so that you can actually measure it and you want to be able to compare it then to the prior month so that you can have a comparison to do that you need a time-based measure and note that when we're thinking about personal finances we're always thinking within time we're thinking about how how are we doing over time so when you think about the general financial statements it's usually the balance sheet is where we stand as of a point in time those are our assets and those are our liabilities. The, the income statement is our performance in the past, meaning income and expenses, how we did for the last month, last year. And then in the future, we're thinking, what are we going to do over the next time frame? And you have to have the time frame in order, in order to set the goal. So what am I, I going to do in the next month? How can I measure what I'm going to do in the next month? How can I judge my performance you know in that in that next time frame? and then when you're doing the longer term time frames then then of course you want to possibly cut them down into into smaller chunks and see how you know are you grow is your investment growing the way it should be growing the way you planned it to be growing in order to meet your five-year objective of buying a new car to get enough money to to buy a new car and that kind of thing they all it's always the same process with these type of things when we're trying to improve and the better results will typically be we're going to set an objective we're going to make sure that that objective is as specific as possible so i can say this is it i'm not saying this is i'm going to make something good i'm going to make something better i'm going to this is actually what it, it's measurable meaning i can actually i can actually say i know when i met that goal because I can compare it to what I did before. It's not just a vague term like this is, I'm gonna make my accounting more fair or so, so I'm gonna make my accounting you know, more better or something like that. And it's gotta be achievable, meaning don't set the bar too high or low. It needs to be relevant. All your goals should line up to your ultimate goal. If you think about that in terms of your business strategies, businesses typically have an overall mission, which is driving their own, their whole strategy supposedly and you should have a similar kind of process. And then all your goals should be lined up and be in accordance with the overall mission. And if they're not, then you want to kind of go in there. And then of course, time-based, because we we measure things over time. If you're trying to see how performance is, you measure over time. And then you just repeat the process over and over and over again, just like someone at a gym would do, right? That's what they're going to do. They're going to say, there's my performance uh, did i hit the performance how am i going to improve it and then you do it again and then you do it again so opportunity cost is a key concept when you're thinking about finance and it's it's an economic concept so this is one of those overlapping terms that comes from basically economics and account it's often said you know they count the accounting records show your financial data and when you think about opportunity costs, you're taking into consideration not just your financial data, but also your your other desires and whatnot within your overall mission, right, of your personal mission. So it's going to be what you give up when making a choice. And, and this is the idea behind the idea that nothing is free. Nothing is free. Even if someone gives you free tickets to a concert or something like that, even though the tickets are free, you still go into the concert. You're giving up your time to go to the concert. It might be well worth it because you might have nothing better to do at that point, but you're not doing whatever else, you're not going to the beach if you're going to the concert. You're not doing you're not reading a book if you're going to the concert. That's the opportunity cost. There's always a cost because you're giving up with your time at the very least what you could have done somewhere else. So it's so that's how you want to think about any any kind of decision if you start thinking about them in that terms, in those terms it can kind of be useful because if someone if someone's saying to you, you know, do this or do that, it doesn't cost you anything, then that's not really true, right? You really want to be like, well, it is kind of costing me something. What What is it costing me? I mean, I might might be willing to, to do that. But, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, you know, you want to know, you want to basically put down what the actual costs are. So it's going to be the trade off of the next best choice. That's often how it's phrased. So the next we you know, whatever you chose to do, from an economic standpoint, is your highest choice because you chose to do it and that means that whatever you would have chosen to do secondly would be the thing that you gave up in order to do the thing that you chose to do it's not always measurable in dollars although we can think about it in dollar terms you need to consider both personal and financial resources when you consider this so if you look at a personal opportunity cost that's one concept that we might try to pull out the dollars from and just think about it from a non-dollar standpoint, and that often has to do with time. The time used to do one thing cannot be used to do another thing. So for example, if you're studying then, then or, or go to the beach, you can't really do the two at the same time. You can't study and go to the beach. You could, but you know, let's be honest, your study time at the beach probably is not gonna be as good as home. So you can do multitasking. Multitasking is a thing, but if you're not chewing gum and walking, or doing two things that that are physically taking different parts of your body, then it's going to be difficult to do that. If you're trying to relax your mind and stimulate your mind at the same time, those are two opposite things that you're trying to do to your mind. That's kind of difficult. So in any case, what that's going to be what that's going to be the opportunity cost, you can say, should I work? Or should I go shopping? Obviously, you can't do generally those two things at the same time, you could try but generally it doesn't work out too well, usually. And then we got the financial opportunity cost, which is gonna be something that's, that's critical when you think about time value of money, which we'll get into a lot shortly. So would you rather have $100 today or $110 a year from now is gonna be the typical idea. And the idea here is, uh, of course, you have to measure out or balance what you're gonna to spend today your your current consumption versus your consumption in the future meaning if i can put my dollar away today and generate more revenue from my earnings tomorrow you know what's my how much do i want to do that obviously i want to spend money today that's fine but i also want to be able to to you know have the money in the future for the things that i want to do as well so that balancing act between money today and money in the future is a a really important concept and it's quite confusing given the fact that that it it involves delayed gratification which is very something that we are not intuitively good at as human beings and it involves time value of money concepts and growth of money concepts and whatnot which is as as well as, as things like devaluation of money concepts which are all things that are fairly abstract kind of concepts to take into consideration and they'll usually have a timing element to them and we'll we'll work many problems with this kind of idea but that's the opportunity cost of the dollar usually if if someone for example was to give us a dollar today versus a dollar tomorrow we would normally want the dollar today all else equal because if i had the dollar today i could either spend it which i would get the immediate gratification for it as opposed to postponing it and i can i can put it away i can put it somewhere and have it grow so theoretically if i was able to put my dollar in stocks or bonds then i can make it grow to two dollars or something like that at some point in the future whereas if you just gave me a dollar in the future then i don't have the opportunity to either consume it getting gratification now from it or to invest it hopefully allowing it to grow now, the other problem with that, of course, is that the dollar actually decreases in value over time. We call that inflation, meaning $1 today purchases less money tomorrow. So, so you also have to deal with, with that fact when you're, when you're thinking about it. When I, when I get my dollar today, if I was to invest it, I, I would need to make an earnings of it over the inflation rate in order for it to grow so that it would actually have more purchasing power in the future than it has today. So we'll talk more about that with regards to to time value of money.